Okay, for our first message today, it'll be brought to us by Mr. Art Williams. It is entitled, Hard. Thank you, Sean. Last time I spoke, my message was based on what Jesus said, love your Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And we kind of look at some of the challenges that come into people's lives. And they may be impedances and distractions to Christian development or be used as part of our training and our growing. And indeed, suffering can be part of Christian growth. And through these circumstances, um, we can improve ourselves in God's eyes um, with his help and with his guidance through his spirit. And these, these incidents can be uh, caused by our own decisions or can be caused by circumstances or um, time and chance. And a large part of this learning is so that we can come to understand ourselves. It's really, really important, and I can't overemphasize understanding ourselves. If we don't understand ourselves, then we're going to go out and we're going to repeat the same mistakes over and over again, and we scratch our head and wonder why. So by making better decisions, we avoid repeating the same mistakes, and in doing so, we acquire wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. And sometimes what happens to us and what needs to be changed lies so well entrenched within us. It's a very large challenge to eliminate it. It can be part of our innermost being. It can be very tough times and tasks for everybody involved. So I want to continue this theme, but I want to focus in on one of the four factors that were mentioned, and that is the heart. And I want to look at it from the standpoint of our internal condition and the challenges that come from within our own heart. It's very easy to read through the scriptures about heart, and we can apply it to the world, the world's foremost, uh, obviously, uh, we can apply our criticisms to the world because we can interface with those very easily and have them part of our daily lives. It says in Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Do you ever think about ourselves being that? Our own heart can deceive us and we can become desperately wicked. We can go back, if we wanted to, into uh, the early books of the Bible and see what happened with Cain and Abel and what was behind that and what was, in, what was going on there and the jealousy that resulted in, in murder. And we can go through and we can see throughout the entire Old Testament um, the desperate wickedness of mankind. And this is where the mind has to override the heart. We must be able to willing willingly and be able to evaluate circumstances clearly and within scriptural and common Christian sense. 
When we talk about the heart, one of the most popular subjects, of course, that comes to mind is love and the many subtopics that are associated with it. Of course, love is an interesting topic for the day. Many don't even bother to get married today. They just move in together. Sometimes they last for a month and then they split up, so you, there's no statistical information on how long these relationships last. They come and go as quickly as they develop, probably. But do lovers really fall in love to stay today? Do they stand beside each other no matter what is coming upon them? Is a promise something that people really keep, not just something they say and then forget? Do families bow their heads to pray? Do daddies really never go away? All part of issues of our society today. Today's reality. And it'll all be corrected when Jesus returns. In Psalm 27, 11 through 14, it's a psalm of David. And David cries out and says, Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. A smooth path. You don't have challenges. You don't have people chasing you around. You don't have events that are so distracting and so debilitating to yourself. And he goes on, teaching me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a that double print on my printer here. And verse 12, do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would have lost heart unless I had believed. There's the consistency of faith and the understanding of what the trials and tests are about and how he can use them to help us become more of what he wants us to be. He goes on that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage. He shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Purity and purpose of heart is, is very important. And it goes on to the item that I mentioned earlier, knowing one and understanding oneself. In Matthew 6.21, it says to us that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So what do you treasure? Because you can guarantee that's where your heart is going to be. And when you come into conflicts between the head and the heart, this is where it's going to be at. Your heart's going to be crying out there saying, you want this treasure! i got to have this treasure! I hate to use it because it, it's so common in our society, but in the love relationship, it's always there. Two men fighting over a woman or two women fighting over a man. And what really what they ought to do is the two men or the two women ought to get together and go after the other guy and say, all right, make up your mind. Because he can play both sides of the fence. Make him stand up and make a decision. My opinion, ring the bell or whatever. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither the moth nor rust does corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. We lay up treasures in heaven by being in concert with his teachings and with his word and with his desire. With his will 
And that changes with time, as we know, and we can validate that by going through all the prophecies that are out there and what's going to happen at some time in the future, events that are going to be much bigger than what we are right now. We pretty much are not even impacted by most of the items that are going on that are really in the news. And God is looking at you for the purpose. In Jeremiah 17.10, he says, I, the Lord, search the hearts, and I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. This goes all the way out into the millennium and beyond. The reward that you get is going to be a result of him searching your heart testing your mind and he will reward you according to your way, according to the fruit of your doings. So it's important for us to be cognizant and that's the biggest challenge, at least for me, is to even be cognizant of those items that are so an inherent part of my personality and I don't even know that they're there. And sometimes it'll take another person to very vividly uh, bring to your attention uh, the situation that he wants you to change. I had that happen a number of months ago, and I'm still rejoicing over it. And I, I'm shocked at the way it happened and how it happened, because I never thought this person would have even been able to think in those terms or be uh, focused on those in those ways. And it really just shocked me. But I would, and I'm not, I'm not going to say what it is because it's too personal, but I would rate it as being one of the top five events that ever happened in my entire life. And that's how magnificent this one simple occasion that happened in about 10 seconds that this one person brought to my attention. Psalm 7, verse 9, Oh, let the wickedness of the wicked come to an end but establish the just. For the righteous God tests the hearts and the minds. In Jeremiah 20, verse 12, it continues with that same thought. You who test the righteous and see the mind and heart, let me see your vengeance on them, I have, for I have pled my cause before you. Well, so we see again, he's testing the minds and the hearts, and not only of us in the church, but also those that are outside of the church. Everybody's going to have to decide where they stand with a line drawn in the sand at some date. In Hebrews 4.12, it says the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even the division of the soul and the spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. If we could only do that, discern the thoughts and the intents of our own heart, we get obsessed with things, we start making wrong decisions because we have these ideas in our hearts. And sometimes we don't have the knowledge to know the end result if we choose to go down that path that our heart is alluring us to go down. I do that quite a bit. 
I want to do something. So I run out and I, I buy this and I buy that and I start doing something and I did not evaluate what has to be done in the future. Where is this going a year from now? Where is it going three months from now? And I find out the hard way. Most of the time it's no big deal. Except I just get mad at myself for not being smarter, you know. I waste some money, waste some time. In Proverbs twenty one twelve it tells us part of the gist of the problem that we have to look at and see and understand, and that is every man, every way of a man is right in his own eyes. But the Lord weighs the heart. It's back to the same conflict of having our heart in harmony with God's will, God's purpose. And sometimes he may not have a care about what we're doing. It's, a, it's, it's up to us what we want to do. But still, there's an aspect of your heart. There's nothing wrong with your goal, your purpose, but how you go about doing it could be problematic. If, if the carnality of mankind is intruding on that. In Psalm 26, the, uh, verse 2, the psalmist writes, Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my mind and my heart. Do we have that attitude? Do you want to be tried and tested by God? That can be kind of scary. It's a good thing to have in your mind, though, all the time because if you're asking for guidance in which path you should go, and he's trying your mind and your heart, he's going to be able to steer you to the right path before we walk, take a long walk off of a very short pier. In verse 23 of Psalm 139, he says once again, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. The anxieties that we have that come from our heart, from our mind, the conflict between mind and heart. Huge anxieties can come as a result of that. And he says, try me and know my anxieties. And I think it's Philippians that tells us how to handle anxieties in the New Testament and where Jesus Christ and God the Father come in on that. I'm not going to go into that. I'll leave you to explore that on your own. And he goes on in verse 24, and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me into the way everlasting. One of the aspects of man's heart if given a certain circumstance, all of a sudden you might find your heart up in your throat. It usually happens as a result of an event that's fearful, and causes fear. It says in Psalm 27, 3, Though an army may be encamped against me, my heart shall not fear. Though a war should rise against me, in this I will be confident. There's an example of that in the Old Testament where uh, an evangelist is, and his assistant is circled by an entire army. And the evangelist says to his assistant, 
we out don't worry about that. There's more of us than there are of them. And the assistant looks out the window and says, are you nuts? There must be a hundred of them out there. It's one, two. Last time I checked, one, two. What do you mean there's more of us? The evangelist asks God to open his eyes and see. There's a whole spiritual army surrounding him. I always like the story of a name, and I, and I used this story once before, Arthur Blessed. He's the man who pulled a cross around the world. He has traditional Sunday beliefs. And of course, he was in Iraq. And that takes an awful lot of courage to go out in Iraq and pull a Christian cross around the countryside. And of course, he was confronted by Muslim rebels, and they said they were going to kill him. Kill him. And in the end, they invited him back to their camp to have dinner. Quite a turnaround. Because what his response was to them when he said, when they said he, they would kill him, he said, from his Sunday-keeping belief, you can't kill me. You can just initiate my transition. And when he said that, he pulled the rug right out from under the motivation because they wanted to see him be afraid because of being threatened by death. And when, after he pulled the rug out from under him, they invite him back to have dinner with them. Quite a change. Quite a change. It just shows what can be done by having the confidence and faith and trusting and not allowing your heart to submit to fear. The Lord is my strength, verse, uh, Psalm 28, 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices. And with my song, I will praise him. In Proverbs 23, 7, he says, For as he thinks in his heart, so he is. A man he's talking about, as he thinks in his heart, so he is. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. And if you go on and explore that, what he's talking about here, the guy's telling the person, come and eat and drink with me. I'm your friend. But in actuality, he's setting him up for an end, a deceitful, violent end. And so what a person says verbally and how they act is not necessarily the truth. We can't allow that to happen with us. You know, I gave a message a few weeks ago about masks and how we wear masks to accomplish certain goals and objectives in our lives. And this comes into that. Masks can be uh, put on there for deceitful purposes and not necessarily uh, seeking righteousness. In Ecclesiastes 8, verses 4 and 5, Where the word of a king is, there is power, and who may say to him, What are you doing? He who keeps his command will experience nothing harmful. And a wise man's heart discerns both time and judgment. Time and judgment. Two factors that come to play in your heart. You may not even recognize them at the time. The time of today and also the time three months from now 
a year from now, 10 years from now. In Proverbs 4.23, very, very important. Very, very important. And it's one thing that I don't think most people even consider today in the world. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Keep your heart. If you're going to give your heart to somebody, evaluate who you're giving it to before you give it. When you feel that, oh, this person is perfect. My dream girl. The, the guy that's perfect. That's the time to sit back, sit down, get your head back, working again. Sometimes perfect is too perfect. And you don't see what's beneath the ocean when you see the tip of the iceberg. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Have any issues in your heart that you would like to purify? I have some. Some I know what to do about, and I'm just not consistent in doing it. Some others I don't know what to do about. He knows. He knows. In Luke 6, 45, he says, a good man out of a good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of an evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's, I, I, I love that little statement right there, out of the abundance of the heart. You like, you know, if you want to easily get a, a tab on, on somebody, go to somebody's chatterbox. Because you, can, you can get to their heart real quick because they talk so much. <laughs> but uh, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Sometimes the abundance of the heart is, is negative and people need a lot of help. But that shows up too. In Matthew 15, verses 16 through 20, it's Jesus speaking, he says, Are you still without understanding? Do you not yet understand that whatever enters your mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? But those things which proceed out of your mouth come from the heart, and they defile man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murder, adultery, fornication, theft, false wit. Blasphemy. The condition of the heart is very, very critical. In verse 20, he continues, And these are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands do not defile a man. So he's putting in perspective some of the things of priorities, if you will, we prioritizing um, what comes out of our mouth and what goes into our mouth, and how important those things are. And continuing in Matthew 18:35, so my heavenly Father also will do to you, if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Wow, I saw it. Uh, just a, a quick cut on the television the other day 
that three people claiming to be Christian or having Christian values, and when push came to shove, they did a direct turnaround. They're there one minute, they're quoting scriptures, and as soon as the pressure of the situation turned off, they turned right around and were, you might as well say, anti-Christian in how they dealt with other people. It was amazing. John 14, 27, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives I, do I give to you. Let your heart not be troubled. Let it not be afraid. And that's interesting because earlier Jesus said that in the world you'll have tribulation. But with me you will have peace. So here he says, let not your heart be troubled. Let neither let it be afraid, even in tribulation. He says, rejoice, for I have overcome the world. Gets to the heart of the focus of our heart. Where is the focus of our heart if we fear and we tremble and we get afraid because of tribulation? Do we believe the words of God? Do we believe the words of Jesus? Where are we at spiritually? He says, neither let it be afraid. In Ephesians 3, 17 through 20, Christ, he writes that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, length, and depth, and height to know the love of Christ, which passes all knowledge, that you should be, full, you should be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. This is really, again, these, all of these scriptures are so critical to a man's heart. A woman's heart, not being sexist there. Mankind's heart to comprehend and to know the love of Christ. And that was one of the things I mentioned earlier that in an experience with this one person, in a matter of just a, a quick instance of 10 seconds, that's what this person gave to me. She gave me insight into the love of Christ and the way she did it in a short 10 seconds, or maybe it was 15 or 20, I don't remember. She gave me the best insight into the love of God the Father in Christ, and I never would have thought this person could have ever done that. I give God thanks for it, because I think he revealed it to me, because I think I needed to know that, because I was deficient in it. But that has been a motivation for me, and I hold, <laughs> I probably am a little erroneous in doing that, but I have a very high respect for this person now that I didn't have before. I uh, Hopefully I'm not putting him on too high of a pedestal, but that has empowered me, that experience. When I get up in the morning, to think in those terms that not only does Christ and God the Father love me, but I can help them build me into the creature that he wants me to be. That is so impressed upon my mind by that 10-second experience. Um, it's been a huge motivational factor uh, to me. 
And I'm glad that I had that experience. He says in 2 Thessalonians 3, 5, Now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. And I think that's what happened that day with me, is he was directing my heart. He was experiencing, he was giving me experience through this person. And uh, it was really, like I mentioned, one of the five greatest things and probably that ever happened in my life. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. This is 1 Peter 3.15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. And always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fairness. Sanctify the Lord God in your heart. Don't take it for granted. Set up a place there. Work with establishing that place and keep it in existence. In James 3, 13 through 16, James writes, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in meekness and wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast or lie against the truth. Don't deny it. You know, people are very good at denying the truth that's in them. It's back to the mask thing that I was talking about before. We don't, we don't want to show our real selves, so we put the mask on. Verse 14, verse 15, the wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthy, sensual, and demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exists, confusion and every evil thing exists, it goes back to the, the deceitfulness of man's own heart. James writes in verse 8, draw close to God and he will draw close to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. You who change the mask one day to one thing and then change the mask to something else depending on the circumstances. No, get pure. Samuel, in talking to the people when they had uh, disobeyed the Lord, he says to them, yet do not a turn aside from following the Lord, but serve him with all of your heart. So whatever happens to us, whether in tribulation, realize that he is there and understand and recognize his love. And if you, if you don't feel you have a good handle on the degree and the magnitude of his love, seek that. It can be a huge motivational impact on your life. But in Luke 18, 8, Jesus asks the question, when he returns to earth, will he find faith? I think that's a critical thing for all of us to be keeping in our minds. Uh, I don't think Jesus wastes words in what he says. In the things We don't know the things that are ahead of us, but um, focusing on that faith. In Psalm 27, 14, he says, Wait upon the Lord and be of good courage, and he will strengthen your heart. Wait on the Lord. Philippians 4, 6 through 7, and I'll finish with this. 
Be, be anxious for nothing, but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known made to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ. <laughs>